T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. This is that I made a noise like this. Dusty Hera. Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I'm beginning to like this kid much. <laughs> this is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. The fan. Hour number two, Danny Dusty with you as we're digesting all that was a football weekend. Football week is wrapped up with a Monday night doubleheader tonight, too, which is great because we get two. I think we'll, I think they should be good games, Titans, Bills, Vikings, Eagles. I mean, on paper, these should both be very good games. Yeah. I have I have vested interest because these are two of my picks. Mm, that's right. We got one of my picks. <clears throat> what do you got? I got Buffalo minus 10. Mm. Yeah, we both took Buffalo minus 10, then I took the uh, Vikings and the two. Uh, yeah. I uh, I went 0 for 3 this weekend. <laughs> was it a great weekend? Rust uh, Rust picked those Lions and his Jaguars. Yep, yep I am 2-0 and this week, my friend. He's coming back. Uh, but we got a Monday night doubler header tonight. And uh, we're, apparently we're going to get more. I saw Andrew Marchand, uh, Sports Business Journal. He tweeted out that ESPN and ABC will hold three Monday night doubleheaders next year. Uh, in an attempt to kind of bump up their, their, it's kind of weird because the late slate in afternoon windows in, in the NFL, they usually are the boring games and they have their viewership goes down. You get the morning windows good, the mid is bad. Sunday night football is great. They're just going to slide one on Monday night football and do three double headers next year. Yeah, they they just have too much inventory on Sunday. It's good realistically, and so why yeah. not move it to Monday? Which go ahead. Yes and no, but I, it's like, I, I love football, but I like the fact that I have, like, Saturday and Sunday for football. Like, I don't, I don't know if I can handle more football on another day. Football, football, football. Uh, <laughs> it's just too many, it's too many hours, man. Yeah, you just wait till action starts, then you'll be like, yep, I'm in. Yeah, I know. I'm in. I am. All right, uh, let's get to the Ducks as uh, Oregon <laughs> had one heck of a performance. A lot of the questions that we didn't know after the first two weeks, they were answered. Um and answered emphatically uh, in a couple of instances in that win over BYU, 41-20. to 20, uh, The Ducks kind of tromp all over BYU, doubling up the number 12 team in the country, which... Uh, Take it for what it is. It was early. They beat the number 9 team in Baylor, and everybody's like, well, what do we do with BYU? So they put them up that high. I mean, we, we had listeners that were saying, because I said this last week, Oregon is better 
across the board mm-hmm. at every position group except for defensive line mm-hmm. than BYU was. They were. They showed. They absolutely were on Saturday. And now a lot of that has to do with Puka Nakua not playing and Gunnar Romney uh, being out the two leading wide receivers uh, for BYU. But I don't know if that makes all the difference in the world in that 41-20 to 20 beatdown because those guys weren't playing defense. No. and Neuters the offense, certainly, but defensively, no. I think one thing that we, we definitely did learn, a big question mark mm-hmm. uh, coming out of that Georgia game, was a lot of fans were worried about Dan Lanning, Kenny Dillingham coaching in, in that side, in that aspect of this team. I think the last two weeks have, have answered a lot of those questions of whether Lanning's in over his head or not because you bounced back with an inferior opponent and blew the doors off of them. You had a big hyped-up game mm-hmm. um, in BYU with the top 15 team coming in. Now, whether they are or not, that we'll let the rest of the season play that out. But they handled their business, and they looked like they were well-coached in both of those games. The, on the defensive side of the ball, it didn't look like guys' heads are spinning anymore and they're thinking too much. It looks like we're starting to see rotations get pared down even more. And after Dillingham was unable to get in the end zone against Georgia – uh, because Bo Nix was throwing picks, this offense has looked very, very crisp from a schematic standpoint. Nick's nixed the picks. And ni- yes, Nick's mm-hmm. nixed the picks. Yeah. That's very punny yeah, of you. Yeah, you try saying that one three times fast. It doesn't get you. Do me a favor. Power rank the three things that you learned in, in most important from Nick's being the efficient quarterback who just stays within his bubble, which we, I think we kind of do. The uh, well, that's easier said than done. It, it is, but let, let me get for him. <laughs> what's what's more important in this in this grouping that Irving step to the four as the lead back, or that Troy Franklin kind of showed to be the the game breaker? Well, I was out. I, I I said that after the Eastern Washington game that Troy Franklin is that mm-hmm. guy, and so that that was nothing new. So I put that three. I still don't think we know about the running back room because Byron Cardwell wasn't available and. I think if you're talking about that, one thing that we do know, the rotation hasn't hasn't changed. It's Irving first, then Whittington, then it'll be either Cardwell, or Jordan James. I was surprised we didn't see more Sean Dollars, especially early in that game. And I'm not sure why he uh, is falling out of favor, but he didn't really touch the ball at all. Uh, Irving, I guess, being number two uh, would be number two, and then uh, I will go, but Bo Nix. Being a game manager, that's what he has to do, and he was he was awesome. I mean, he was great on on Saturday. He took what BYU gave him. He didn't force the issue. The risks that he did take were not the ones that are he missed a read, and it was a calculated risk of like, you know, the Troy Franklin 50-50 ball, where it's a 50-yard game. Defender was in pretty good coverage. He trusted his guy, and he threw it up where only his guy could get it, and Franklin made a good play on it. Uh, that is – Oregon's ceiling is pretty high if Bo Nix plays like that. Where it is concerning is, is he ever going to be the guy that wins you a game? And no, you have to be better in every other facet. Did you like, were. Did you like how Dillingham called that game as far, as far as the, the run-pass distribution? Because they, they did limit Knicks as far as only 18 attempts. No, but because you didn't have to. Because it was explosive early on. Yeah. You, you, did, you, didn't have to, you didn't have to put the ball in his hands and force him uh, to make plays. And I think you know that is where he's going to be at his best. When they get into a tighter game, that's where I'm wanting to learn a little bit more. 
uh, out of him. But I thought that there were quite a few things where Kenny Dillingham does a really good job of of being multiple in your looks, but doing the same damn thing over and over again, right? Like mm-hmm. you, they were they were bringing out when they bring out their different personnel groupings, they're doing the same thing, but they're giving you a variation of looks and giving you so many different options on what you can do away from what the actual play call is that it's window dressing, right? Mm-hmm. He's doing a fantastic job of that. Well, they iced that the game makes it hard. really uh, with that jumbo package. Six offensive linemen, yeah, Patrick and- Herbert playing fullback, and how about <laughs> when's the last time Oregon scored a touchdown under center? Because that happened. Yeah. That was a thing. Dillingham got, got, got a little weird. I like it. Yeah. I, and I like that those short yardage packages because if your strength is your offensive line, well, then, yeah, bring in Josh Connerly. That's, that's been the one thing that through three games that has been coming out of the Georgia game. What did I say? I go, listen, everything in this game was just awful. But I look at this Oregon offensive line against, even, against Georgia, which has supreme talent all over the place, and they held up. They, held, they didn't even hold up. They were good. Yeah. And that's that's really the thing that, you know, I, I think if you're trying to hang your hat on something um, going into Pac-12 play, that's really I think where they're just gonna that's gonna allow Nick's to do his thing. That's gonna allow the running back whoever they decide to ultimately go with. But when you flip it over to the other side, I thought for the first time this season, the defense. Oh, I should say the defense. The defensive line, yeah, was impactful because the secondary was not great. Well, you saw after the very first. Well, they well try quiz Bridges was not great. They went after Bridges, and that was a game plan by BYU. And look, these guys are going to learn, man. They 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 are going to learn, yeah. and there isn't a DB in the world that has not had one of those days. You get picked on where they just went. They went at him, and there's going to be days where try quiz Bridges gets. They go after him because they see it on tape, and he ends up making plays. We, we he is young. Um, and it, I think he will be okay in the long run. But um, I, I think what we're going to tr- start seeing is we're going to start seeing a little bit more of a rotation. Christian Gonzalez has lived up to the hype. Bennett Williams was fantastic mm-hmm. in that game. But you're right about the defensive line because after they went over the top on Bridges on the very first play right out the gate, you have Brandon Dorless get pressure, and uh, Jordan Riley ended up getting a sack. Uh, DJ Johnson was all over the field. Yes. I mean, he was explosive coming off the line. He's the first time you line, heard his name really all season. Yeah, against an O line that is good. I mean, there, we can't say they good are good off, on the offensive line. The defensive line kind of answered that, and, and they were up to the test. There was, you know, I, when I said Jordan Riley's name, getting that sack, it reminded me there was a moment where I, I'm not sure how many, if they mentioned it or you saw it on TV. But it was, you saw a little bit of the coaching savvy from the staff. I don't know who it was who who did it, but BYU had a late substitution. And I wrote this down because I, I was like, oh, it was three minutes and 45 seconds to go in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. BYU had a late substitution. And somebody looked at the play clock and called for Jordan Riley to run off the field. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that you have to allow time for a substitution. They were telling Jordan Riley to slow down because you didn't need to bring him on. They knew that the play clock was going to expire before Jordan Riley had to be off the field. So they slowed him down, and BYU ended up having to burn a timeout. Or take a delay game. Yeah, with 3.45 to go in the first quarter. And I saw that, and I went, ah, like that is that is something where that's preparation in game when yeah. thing when the momentum's coming and it's an avalanche of information that you're getting, 
it was a smart little play where I said, okay, things may be slowing down for the players on the field, but it also may be slowing down for the staff a little bit too. Now, that's not like a reason why they won the game, but in the moment in the game, that little bit of gamesmanship, that goes a long way as you are in tighter games as they go on, right? If if somebody's going to sub late, you know exactly what Oregon's going to do, and they're kind of on top of those, those sorts of situations. Um, so it was, a, it was a, a bunch of little things that you could see and kind of turn to that, all right, getting some questions answered about the staff, about the personnel, and sure as heck the quarterback because he went from having four absolutely atrocious throws in game one mm-hmm. to one, and – I mean, they were few and far between to to see him in in game three. I mean, I don't know where the critical air throw was. And that's that's the thing I think if you're taking if if you're a Duck fan is that while you may not and no no to be fair nobody else is on George's level, you might be in that next tier of two to fifteen. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because there's just still there's so so much disturbance in that group. And as we get into Pac-12 play, as Oregon goes to take on Washington State and Oregon State brings in USC, you will see that attrition take place and see kind of where you rank and where you fall. But coming out of that game for Oregon, I think the most important thing happened. You answered a bleeping question for the first time this season. Hey! Finally. Uh, and and, and uh, hats off to Lanning for uh, having a hell of a game plan and taking care of Yep. It's a, they did. That BYU team is a good team. Mm-hmm. Great? No. Good taking care of good teams, or what great programs do. Uh, announced a few minutes ago, too, Brandon Dorless named Pac-12 co-defensive lineman of the week. Well, look at that. There you go. Who is he co-with? Who's his Who's his? Oh, you're going to make me compatriot. go look that up now. Yeah, you do that. There was a lot of good. Uh, there There was a little bit of ugly uh, going on as well with BYU and Oregon. We'll talk about that next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Dusty on the fan. There's a lot of good to take out of Oregon's 41-20 win over then 12th ranked BYU. Ducks moving up to 15th in the polls. That is probably where where they are, right? 15. I feel like the 10 to 15 range is that that other group. I think that 2 to 8 feels like that there's a different group there. We'll see who ends up in that group. And there's obviously plenty of time to get some more pelts on the wall. I think mm-hmm. that uh, a road win at Washington State, as crazy as it sounds. That's a good win. It may get them a little bit more in the good graces if they can pull that off, which they are touchdown fav- favorites uh, up in Pullman. And now you got to take that show on the road and perform on the road. Like, here's the other thing, is that it's a lot easier to perform at home. But when you go on the road... We'll see what their medal is because it didn't look good in their first road game because that was a road game in Atlanta. Um, and by the way, if you haven't been watching, we'll have some audio on this one coming up later. But uh, Georgia continues to 
absolutely embarrass everybody on their schedule. Literally everyone. Yeah. I think they've, I'll have the number, but I think they've outscored uh, their opponents collectively like 140 to 10 in three games. Is that good? That's pretty good. But uh, the ugly coming out of uh, Oregon's win over BYU, not just the fact that I had multiple people texting me and asking me after the game if the uniforms were brown. And I was like, at the game, I was like, what are you even talking about? But when I went back and I watched the game on TV, they did look brown. What? They yeah. looked brown. It was weird. Yeah, I They think, were really cool, dark green in person. I think that there's something in the thread that the cameras picked up yeah. that made it like when the light hit down on them that it made them look weird. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know what that was all about, but um we got tagged in in something on Twitter over, uh right after the game on Saturday and I know that it, the University of Oregon has apologized for it and uh you know BYU has come out and you know has talked about released a statement about it, but I in the video that is on the internet, um, it sounds a lot louder than it was in the stadium because I didn't even hear it. Uh, Dirt actually turned to me and he goes, "Did they just? I think we just got an f the Mormons chant from the student section." And I was like, "Really? Yeah, because we could we were." On the field, we couldn't even hear it. Yeah, when when it was was there, it wasn't overpoweringly loud, and it was the student section. And I don't know how big of a portion of the student section it was. Uh, it's a horrific look, though, for the, the university to have your students do that. Because I mean, what's the benefit out of that? Like, there's a bunch of chants, and chants are always, uh, hmm. Risque, yeah. Student sections do. And like, let's just like let's. We're to the point now where you've got to be better on the uh, race, sex, religion, like everything else. How about you just leave it out? Yeah, everything. You just leave those three out, and we're good. Yeah, there's a lot. There's plenty of stuff to make make fun of. Right? Listen, if, if you want to go down that route, talk about the pantries. Like, there's there's plenty of things you want to you can go down. Like, just leave that part of it alone. And you're yeah. sa- you're you're gonna be safe, or if they come after you, you've got a lot firmer ground to stand on. And I, I will go ahead and say that uh, it was a small faction of the student section, it looks albeit like, like, a faction that, right, rightfully so, they're getting criticism for it. It's like thirty right? to fifty people. It's it's just not a good look. But it wasn't the entire crowd. No. It wasn't the entire student section. Um, it was dumb college kids doing dumb college kid stuff, and. Uh, that is unfortunate coming out of the wind that that's going to be the thing that is going to be having to be addressed out of beating the 12th ranked team in the country. So I will say the, the Mormon folk from BYU were all very nice, including big Souk, Jason Sukanik was in say, the stadium. Did he uh, come grab a uh, pop with you? Uh, I did see him um, before and during the game. I went and he was, Making the rounds in his BYU Cougs. He was he was tailgate, tailgate touring, wasn't he? He'll have. The, I don't want to ruin his stories, so if he doesn't mm. tell them, I will tomorrow. But I will just say that when I went and saw him, he was like a, a carnival attraction. I would imagine to fans. the The guy wearing a, a BYU sweatshirt mm-hmm. and is like having a beer in the parking lot. He was like a he was like an alien uh-huh. he just like teleported down yeah. so people were just like handing him a beer left and right 
You can do this? Uh-huh. Uh, and at first he thought it was because he's a local radio celebrity, yeah. Jason Sukanik, but then it was... He it realized he was into, a mutant. Yeah, yeah, he was an alien that had been just, like, transported into those parking lots. And it, he, it, it was... Uh, he, he was... I'll just say this. He got a lot of free drinks out of that day. Listen, hey, man, whatever you got to do. I figure, he'll, he'll, he'll tell a story and probably say he uh, pulled up the shorts a little bit, showed a little leg, but... Yeah, uh, it was the it was the cut off uh, the coog the coog hoodie. Okay, yeah, there we go. All right. Okay. Well, um, and that is the bad from Oregon's football week, which is a great it's a great sign when the the worst things that came out of that weekend were one uh, you had a corner who was getting picked on by BYU, but you still won forty one to twenty. You had uh, your uniforms looking brown mm. on TV only. And you had a small portion of your fan base were being idiots. So I think that's a that's a weekend of college football. I think that's like what most SEC teams go through. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. All right, let's get to it. Uh, they aren't having the worst day on the web. Actually, somebody is having a worse day than that. Yay. Danny Dusty on the fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. There are good days, there are bad days, and then there are folks that are having the worst of days. And it's time to get to it. The worst day on the web. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Mr. Man, Brady, looks like we... Oh, I'm sorry, Tommy boy. Uh, looks like we have a fan base divided. Yeah, uh, I, I was. We had a couple different ways we could go on this one, but I wanted to run down this course because I I watched the San Francisco 49ers fan base tear itself apart yesterday after Trey Lance had a <laughs> gruesomely broken ankle. Yeah, that sucks. And. I think it even translated over to the team. It it feels like that locker room, while not um, we're not talking Marcus Camby, Jamal Crawford, full on mutiny in Portland level divided, but if you watch the post game press conferences and you watch some of the on field reactions and stuff like that, this team wanted Jimmy back. Mm. Well, Mike Silver has something out right now in oh. uh, part of his um, reporting. He said, this is the part no one wants to say publicly, but something several players and coaches insinuated privately in the wake of Sunday's game. The 49ers are a better team right now with Garoppolo at quarterback than they were with Lance. As two of these realists told me after the game, quote, I can't say it, but you can. So I will. For all of Lance's potential, Coach Kyle Shanahan's plan to have the raw second-year player learn on the job while quarterbacking a team built to win now was not universally acclaimed inside the locker room. Garoppolo... 35 and 16 as the Niners starter inspires more hope, at least in the short term. Yeah, <laughs> that pretty much lines up exactly what you were saying. Uh-huh. So, and as you listen, 
if you're working somewhere where everyone around you is working towards one goal and you have your guy mm. who is the dude mm-hmm. and that dude is knocked down for a younger, cheaper version of who's not better but could be sometime, mm. but you're trying to do something right now, how are you going to feel about that? Not great. So you get the 49ers organization, you have the 49ers fan base, which if you hop into 49ers social media right now, it is a absolute bloodbath. Boy, because it is wild. It's Team Jimmy or Team Trey. Team Tra- there is no in-between. Yeah. There's no, well, I kind of, no, it's like, no, you need to pick a side. Like, this is World War II trench-level warfare. Like, there's, there's a no-man's land that you mm-hmm. do not operate in it right now. But with this surgery and, and a, a very bad injury, this is a decisive moment. It is no, there's no more wavering or waffling of mm-hmm. will they, won't they with Jimmy. Like, I mean, for me personally, I thought it was going to make maybe six weeks. That's as far as this was going to go. And now it's no, it's, it's Jimmy's team. And realistically for the NFC West, you're probably disappointed if you're any of those other teams, because Jimmy does make them a better team right now. But what this means for the franchise going forward, what do what happens when they hit the offseason yeah. this year? Let's say that, let's say the 49ers get back to the Super Bowl, but they lose. Do you do you really try to put Trey Lance back there again? Well, no. If you're Jimmy Garoppolo, what you're doing is you're heading into free agency saying, All right, I've got a blank check for anybody that wants me. Mm-hmm. And you can go. And San Francisco is going to be in a situation, if that is the case, they do go back to a Super Bowl. Heck, if they even do a deep playoff run. You're sitting there and you're looking at a guy coming into next year in Trey Lance who hasn't been impressive in the very limited window mm-hmm. that you've had. And I'm not willing to like sell off the, the Trey Lance stock that mm-hmm. people have because right now it is so incomplete uh, to what he will be in the National Football League. And he had a monsoon for his first game. His second game, he breaks his ankle as a starter. Like You still don't know, but you're heading into year three. Right, mm-hmm. and when when did all of the the distrust start with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson? Oh, weird! It was last year, which mm-hmm. was heading into his final or into year three or two years ago when he was heading into year before three. Before he was ready to pay those guys, and then year four they had the bickering where he cut it off right before that, and now he's playing the final season of his contract. He's proven everything, and he still didn't get the bag from uh, the Baltimore Ravens. The 49ers are going to be in an even more tough situation because he'll go into his third year and you have no earthly idea of whether or not you should offer up that fifth-year option at the end of that season or not. And that, to me, has got to be the terrifying part. In the short term, though, how brilliant is it that... They that restructured you, John the deal. Lynch, well, <laughs> no, the brilliant part is like everybody wants to restructure a deal like that, but that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were able to work with Jimmy Garoppolo to actually make it happen, to actually get it done with the guy. That's the incredible part about it. And now they've set themselves up to be in a a position where they can succeed, man. And the the sky's the limit for this franchise because they kept Jimmy engaged. I have a reeling suspicion that Shanahan wanted this all along. Not not Trey Lance hurt, but wanted Jimmy in there. Mm. Like I've heard the, the, the reporting that, Lance was his guy. Da, 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 da. I don't know, man. I, I, he might be his guy in the long term, but his guy right now is Jimmy. Yeah. And you look at where these 49ers are and what they will hope to accomplish and, and, and how this team is built. It was never, it, this is not Russell Wilson and 
the the Seattle Seahawks. This is not young Russ and the Legion of Boom. Yeah. Because Russ was competent. Trey is no is not yet competent. And that's that's really the difference here as far as how these teams are set up and the difference between Trey Lance and and clearly what has been some division in the locker room. Again, it's not awful, but there's there was something there. It right now Trey Lance sitting on his hospital bed just having a surgery beyond the physical pain, he's got to be feeling a certain kind of a way right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, this all comes on the heels of what was supposed to be the, the day that he could have that little coming out party. It looked like the weather was cooperating down mm-hmm. there. The Seahawks were terrible. They were probably going to beat them regardless. Seattle looked absolutely lost in that game. But Jimmy G just came in, and he dealt. Did you notice that that faction, the divided fan base on, on the internets, was they were treating it as if like Trey Lance had died. Yeah. Like, that was weird. That was the weirdest part is like people were so somber about it. it's like, well, it's football. People get hurt a lot and that sucks for Trey Lance and you never hope that anybody ever gets hurt, but they're moving. They moved on pretty quickly as a, as a team because you have to in that game. And people were like, Oh, this is the worst. Like, yeah, sure. It sucks. But Jimmy Garoppolo came right in, and that team did not miss a beat. It's almost like they had a quarterback that they were very familiar with and knew the entire their offense. Mm. Weird. And as this texture says now, they just need to keep Jimmy G from getting hurt. That's And again, that's the reason why they were looking at other options, because Jimmy always picks up a nick. Uh, and uh, now they just the fan base needs to stop cannibalizing each other on social media. It's a weird dynamic, man. Oh, it's not, it's, it, it's it, very aggressive. No, it, it, is re- it is really bad. It is... That and the, the the other one that I've seen in the NFL this year are the pay Lamar, don't pay Lamar. Mm, yeah, the, Baltimore. That, the, the Baltimore yeah. fan base. That one is cannibalizing itself too. Quarterbacks, man. Boy, I don't know if uh, the don't pay Lamar crowd is is chiming up today. Though. Listen, I am on the don't pay Lamar crowd, but I, I tell you what. He sure made it hard yesterday. He made it hard yesterday, and here's the and thing. The day before. The, 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 the thing with me is, has always been, Get your completion percentage up above sixty percent. <laughs> get your get your completion percentage up, and, and that's going to do it. For well, for me, like show me you can well, win why? a game with your arm. Uh, oh, okay. That's, but, that's I mean, you could do that without completing sixty percent of your passes, though. But he hasn't been able to do that. That's the thing. So, dang, he was pretty on it yesterday. Well, that's, that's what I mean. These these two games this season, he's been tremendous. Yeah. But coming into this season, that that for me was the. A primary running quarterback or a quarterback where you have designed runs has never won a Super Bowl. No, that is a fact, Jack. So it'll be interesting to see where uh, where this puts the 49ers. If Jimmy can stay healthy, does this toss them back into the title mix? All right, top of the hour, we will dive into uh, this question that is out there. When was the last time the Pac-12 had a weekend that good? It was pretty awesome. Ponder that because we're not actually sure exactly when it was. I've been going back. I, I'm, there's nothing close. No. Nothing close in recent memory where the Pac-12 has had this good of a weekend. Uh, but coming up next, uh, a little fun with audio. Uh, just what is Georgia doing to teams? Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. All right, before we get into hour number three, where we'll ask the hard-hitting question of when's the last time the Pac-12 had a weekend this good, uh, and we'll dive into uh, the weekend that was around the NFL a little bit more, because <laughs> how about Russell Wilson getting booed? Uh, yeah, no, that uh, <laughs> not in Seattle. That that Denver game had a lot of things. You could, you could boo, you could boo Russ. You could brew Hackett. You could you could boo just in general. There's a lot of lot of booing for that Denver well, organization. Before we get to that, we have got to take a look at the team that is now receiving uh, almost all of the votes in the AP Top 25. Georgia uh, has now taken all of the votes, almost from Alabama and Ohio State, as those two programs who sit second and third only count for four first place votes. Georgia has 59 of them. That's because uh, they opened the season with a 49-3 to win over the Oregon Ducks that we all have seen and heard about. Oh. Then they trounced Samford, Samford, that is, 33-0, and then beat South Carolina this weekend on the road. Their first road game of the year, uh, they had no problems, 48-7. to So they have outscored their opponents in the first three weeks, 97-10. to uh, no, that, that can't be right. It's, it's more than that, right? I was doing my math wrong. Um, but they have been absolutely housing everybody that they're playing uh, in through the first three weeks of the season. And now we are seeing coaches asking, being asked the question, 129 to 10. That's the answer there. Uh, are your teams quitting? Like Shane Beamer, South Carolina head coach. Since any give up in the locker room? Hell no kind of questions that phil um we're one and two phil we're one and two we got a bunch of fighters in that room and um and give up that's not a part of this football program get out of here man <laughs> phil good question um, dumbass the games it had a very familiar start uh oregon fans can relate to this um it went south carolina punt Georgia touchdown, South Carolina interception, Georgia touchdown, South Carolina turnover on downs, Georgia touchdown. <laughs> That'll give you a little, little PTSD. Uh, it was 48 nothing before uh, South Carolina scored uh, with about two, two minutes and 45 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter, and Georgia was running away with it. They had a 48 to nothing lead on the road in conference play. This team, folks, like that loss that Oregon had, it was bad. It was embarrassing, and Duck fans were at a loss for words when it happened. I have a feeling that we're going to get used to seeing these types of scores for Georgia for really the foreseeable future because do you know what Georgia's schedule looks like in the coming weeks? They're favored by like double digits in every single game, an absurd amount by every single game. Well, this week they play Kent State, which lost to Washington 45 to 20 and Oklahoma 33 to 3. Okay? <laughs> then they have Missouri, Auburn, and Vanderbilt before an October 29th meeting with 20th ranked Florida. They are going to absolutely demolish the next four opponents on their schedule before they have Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and Georgia Tech. They, I'm telling you, Georgia's going to be putting up historic numbers this season. This, this might be the way that Stetson Bennett 
gets a Heisman is because they're gonna, he's going to hang five or six touchdowns every single game because they're, they don't play anybody. No. No. And, and that is – this team is – they've turned a, quarter, a corner offensively, and Monken, their offensive coordinator, has is, is widely been known as a guy who is very smart uh, and, and uses his pieces very well. Like, he just, he's a really good chef. He's just handed ingredients, and he makes something happen. Well, the recruiting at Georgia has finally caught up to it. The experience has finally caught up to now he can do whatever the heck he wants, and that is such a dangerous com- combination to have. And the, the, the incredible part is that, like, he hasn't been plucked by anywhere yet. Like, and then nobody else has made him a head coach. Last year they go and they win a national title, and usually those staffs get pillaged. Pillaged, yes. And it's a it's a Viking invasion. Somebody, whether he wants to be a head coach or not, somebody's going to throw a butt ton of money at him, Arizona State, to come <laughs> and be a head football coach. It's it's always interesting to see how that stuff shakes out. I wonder how many guys out there on those staffs, the Alabamas, the Georgias of the world. Alabama's been a little bit different, where it's been I think a, a rehab center mm-hmm. for coaches, particularly USC coaches, uh, and it's gone very well for both Kiffin and Sark. I wonder if Georgia ends up being one of those or if they're one of the ones that either tries to keep it together by paying their assistants a truckload or, door number three, there are some guys who don't want to be the head coach, who want to sit in a booth and be a coordinator on the other side of the ball. Uh, The the last one I remember really doing this, you've got, uh, what's his name at at Oregon, Uh, full of God, defensive coordinator forever. Nick Eliotti. Eliotti, thank you. Uh, and the other one down at USC was Kiffin, mm-hmm. a guy who in the NFL he never wanted to be a head coach and not laying money. Uh, you get the, you get these guys that just want, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, offensively, particularly with the way the game is going, does seem to lead its way to becoming a head coach nowadays. Well, yeah, like Brent Venables is one at Clemson that everybody's like, ah, is he ever going to do it? Well, his alma mater came calling and he, and he went out and he did it. And that's the one I think if the if the right one comes calling then maybe you go look. But I think there's there are guys who just enjoy being that and don't want to deal with the other stuff. Yep. Uh, well, Chip Kelly still is. Great weekend again for Georgia. Uh, they are just dismantling teams. And the, the, for the next month, it's going to be a lot of the exact same thing because they don't play a ranked team uh, until they have 20th ranked Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which also happens to be a neutral site game. So Georgia on the road does not seem to be a thing really at all because they guess what? They got 11th ranked Tennessee at home of the following do. week. Where, where, where was the neutral site at? Jacksonville. Which, I mean, how many hours away is that? Four? Well, it's split for both of them. That's why they played said, there. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's like, again, it's. It's always funny because the difference between the, the South and the East and the West, and as far as distance traveled, mm. is always like, oh, yeah, it's a really long way. And it's well, like, it's a couple hours. That's a rivalry game, so they're, yeah. they're up for it. So. All right. Uh, what a great weekend for the Pac 12. It's the best weekend since. Danny Dusty on the fan. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.